Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest Good morning, Andrew. Hello there, Edwin. Excited to continue season three. That's right. Of Text Talk with you as we've now moved into the New Testament. We're going to be in the New Testament for about a year. Yeah. And we've got a Text Talk. two weeks. Text Talk group going now. On Facebook. Going strong. Yeah. I'd love for anybody who's listening to head over there and become a part of the conversation. And so we're in Matthew chapter 1. Yeah. Yesterday we talked about the fact that this oh, book does not begin once upon a time. No, it's history. It, it, and it begins with a, a good genealogy, and we read a lot of it. We're not going to read all of that again today. I do want to read some of it, though. Well, let's read some of it. So let's start in Matthew chapter 1. You read from the New King James yesterday. I've got my English Standard Version open. We're going to read through verse 6. The book of genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram, and Ram the father of Amminadab, and Amminadab the father of Nashon, and Nashon the father of Salmon, and Salmon the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David the king. And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah. Some heavy hitters in here, big time names in the Old Testament, particularly when you talk about King David and talk about Jesse and King Solomon. And Boaz. Mm-hmm. And Ruth. Yes. Yeah, some, some big names, some names that we recognize from the history yes. that we see recounted in our Old Testaments, mm-hmm. in the Jewish scriptures. So we pointed out yesterday, this does not begin with once upon a time because this is not fairy tale. Mm -hmm. Matthew is anchoring his account of the gospel in history. That's right. And he's starting off this way because the purpose of the gospel is not to recount to us everything Jesus ever did or said. Mm -hmm. It's not to recount to us every significant moment in his life. It's not to recount to us how he interacted with historical figures or other religious leaders. It's about telling us who Jesus is. And the very first thing he tells us is Jesus is the Christ. Mm -hmm. This is the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the anointed one. He is anchoring it right now. He's not He's not waiting for us to figure out yeah. what this is all about. He's not going to try to weave it in and, mm-hmm. and give it to us one little bit at a time. And maybe by the time we're done, we'll figure out, oh, I see what Matthew's right, saying. Right. He's saying that Jesus is the Messiah, the hope of the Jews, the king that they've always been right. looking for. He comes right out of the gate, puts up the big old sign, you know, kind of like when you're flying Here's, on an airplane and you're going down the escalator and there's the person who's picking you up with the big old sign that says, Andrew Roberts. That's right. I'm your, he's, he's got the big sign up that says, Jesus is Christ. That's yeah, where he starts. That's the assertion. And so now he's going to make the case point by point in uh, all the different evidence lining up. And this first one here is genealogy. It builds upon itself. In fact, the very first one is not just the entire genealogy, but the next thing he says. Son the of, book of generations of Jesus Christ. Son of David. Son of David. Let's talk a little bit about what that means. Yeah, son, son of, of David. David. So fill me in. What? Well, David is the king in Jewish history, the Old Testament, the man after God's own heart. 
Uh, God looks at the heart. He doesn't look at men as men do one another. There is this expectation then that David is going to fall in the ways of God, sit on the throne, lead the people of God in the way that they should go. Probably what we want to emphasize at this moment, though, is the idea that David came to a place where he is established upon his throne and ruling Israel, that he has the capital city of Jerusalem, he has built a palace, and his heart for God says, why should I have a wonderful house and a wonderful palace, and yet God's holy things in his ark is in a tent, in a tabernacle. Boy, what I want to do, I want to honor God, I want to build a, a great house for God, a true temple for God. I think it's in Second Samuel chapter 7. And uh, first he begins to share his heart's desire and his plan with the prophet Nathan. Nathan, yeah. And Nathan says, well, that's a great idea. There's just nothing objectionable about that, right? Yeah, so in fact, let's, let's get started. So, here, you know what? This is this is exactly where I was going in my mind too. So, you and I are today on on point on this one. I actually have my Bible open there, and it really strikes me that Nathan says in Second Samuel seven three, "Go do all that is in your heart, mm-hmm. for the Lord is with you." Mm-hmm. I just think it's interesting that he says that when what we've, we're told about David, he is a man after God's, God's own, heart. own heart. That's right. And so Nathan, hey, go do what's in your heart. Yeah, go, yeah, go do it. Yeah, go you're do God it. man's. You're God's man. I don't know what happened there, but that was. This was a place where David, even though I think his heart is in the right place, yeah. he's not the guy that God has chosen for this. It is. he. His heart is in the right place. I think you said that well. Nathan's on board with him, too. It seems like, yeah, this is the right next thing to do. This is the good thing to do. And yet the word of the Lord comes to David. To Nathan. Excuse me, to Nathan. That's right. To communicate. Hang on. Back up. No, no. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Neither one of them actually inquire of the Lord about this, though. And so the word of the Lord comes to Nathan to correct David and says, no, um, this it's not for you to build this house. In fact, there's a promise to David, I'm going to build a house for you. I, I, Okay, so I want to get to the promise, and I want to see how that fits and where that takes us to Jesus in Matthew 1. But maybe we should pause for a moment and just recognize this point. Mm-hmm. David's heart is in the right place. Mm-hmm. Nathan's heart is in the right place. This is a thing that seems obvious. In fact, it's something that God is going to allow. And I'm, I'm talking now about the building of the temple. Of the it's something temple. that God ultimately is going to allow. Right. But this wasn't what God wanted mm-hmm. for David to do. What This wasn't for David Correct. to do. And so maybe we should just pause and register that just because my heart is in the right place doesn't mean everything I want to do is what I ought to be doing. Yeah, that's a really great lesson about and, serving God. We need to pay attention to his will and his revelation. And just because the really smart religious guy who is normally a voice for God thinks that it's okay all on his own doesn't necessarily mean it's the things God God is wanting me to do. Yeah, I appreciate that you brought up they didn't inquire of the Lord about this. Um, it just seemed so obvious to them that it would be the thing to do next that they're just like, yeah, let's get this done. Mm-hmm, though, mm-hmm. though, I, you know, I think David is actually attempting to inquire of the Lord. He's gone to the prophet. Well, that's true. He has. And But but Nathan, he's just like, yeah, yeah, this yeah. just makes absolute yeah. sense. Go do it. I don't, yeah. I don't even need to ask about this one. This is yeah. so obvious. But it wasn't the thing. No. So I think, again, I'm a glad we paused for a, a good moment lesson to, to, to think about that. Yeah, That's absolutely. not really what we're talking about. Let's well, I mean, what we're getting to story. is let's think about this promise 
uh, maybe I can hold up a big sign like Matthew. It's going to be fulfilled in Jesus. <laughs> but, but what's the promise that God makes to David at this time? So we've we've got this in Second Samuel chapter seven. Um, it's kind of lengthy here. Um, you know what? Let me just. Uh, he he talks to him about. Look, I've never asked for this. But let me tell you what I am going to do. So I'm going to start in verse 9. This is 2 Samuel 7, 9. He says to David, I have been with you and wherever you went and have cut off all your enemies from before you, and I will make for you a great name like the name of the great ones of the earth, and I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and I will plant them so that they may dwell in their own place and be disturbed no more, and violent men shall afflict them no more as formerly from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel. I'll give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. And I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. When he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with the rod of men, with the stripes of the sons of men. But my steadfast love will not depart from him as I took it from Saul, whom I put away from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. In accordance with all these words and in accordance with all this vision, Nathan spoke to David. So David's desire is to make a house for God. God I'm says, I'm going to raise up a house for you. But it's the idea of household, and he's talking about descendants of David. You know what? Can we pause again? Yeah. Maybe here's another good Bible study point. Mm -hmm. Here's the same word used in the exact same context, but it's being used in two different ways. Yeah, that's true. You know, we make a big deal sometimes about, oh, look, it's the same word, and we often apply technical meanings. That's just not always the case. He's using the same word, but he's making a play on words. David wants to build a house. He wants to build a physical structure, a place where people can come and visit the Lord, worship him, offer sacrifices where his ark can be rested, where his name will dwell, knowing, of course, that God himself cannot fully dwell there because neither the heavens nor the highest heavens can contain him. And so God says, no, no, it's not going to be for you. But let me tell you what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to build you a house. This time now he's talking about a lineage, Mm -hmm. a legacy, uh, generations of kings that are going to come after him. And he really kind of covers two different things at once. Mm -hmm. He's talking about the immediate descendant and the ongoing descendants, but he's also talking about the ultimate descendant. And that gets us to Matthew chapter 1. That's what his genealogy captures. And in dropping these names in Matthew, I should say recording these names in Matthew, all these different kings, I mean, it is books of the Old Testament history that is being captured here in so-and-so begot so-and-so to demonstrate the faithfulness of God and that he never does leave the family of David, but he builds the family of David, building up to this moment when Jesus the Christ is born into the world. If I can tie season three to season two, Mm. you know, every week we found Jesus in each of the Psalms, either either as the foundation for the Psalm or very much mentioned in the Psalm, even the ones that, that don't seem to be about Jesus. But the places where it was easiest to find Jesus was when you had Psalms that were about kings mm-hmm. and the Son of God. And I think we started that off in Psalm 2 
a year yeah. ago. I yeah. mean, a year ago, uh, next week, Psalm two, we we uh, <laughs> you know we we discovered Jesus as the King, and when we read those Psalms, we recognized, okay, I get it. This Psalm is about David. Right, but this psalm is about Jesus. Yeah, yeah, and and Matthew is the one that's inform us, informing us of that. He's the one that's pointing out we we need to go back and look at all those king psalms again, and we need to see what ultimately is being talked about yeah. here. The genealogy began to serve uh, as a as a marker and a place for people to look for their Messiah. He is supposed to descend from a particular family and a particular line. And what we saw in Second Samuel, when David is king, this promise of building this lineage and descendants, you can go to the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 33 and see that in the worst of times, when the people of Judah have been carried away to Babylonian exile, when the king, who is a descendant of David, is a, a prisoner and a puppet for Nebuchadnezzar, I mean, the worst of times, there's a prophecy like Jeremiah 33 and Verse 15, in those days at that time, I will cause to grow up to David a branch of righteousness. He shall execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. In those days, Judah will be saved. Jerusalem will dwell safely. This is the name by which uh, she will be called the Lord, our righteousness. For thus says the Lord, David shall never lack a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel. And they were told there that Wait, even in this dark time, God has not forgot his promise to David. He has not forsaken that there is going to rise up one of his descendants, a lineage, the righteousness in which they will dwell. Let me see if I can bring together everything we've just said. We find in Matthew chapter 1 the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David. Mm-hmm. And now we've looked at history. Mm-hmm. We've looked at Psalms. We've looked at prophecy. Mm-hmm. And what have we found in all of those? We have found that just what Matthew is claiming in this chapter, all of this has been leading somewhere. All of this has been leading somewhere. It's been leading to Jesus. Let me just drop this in as our final thing to say today. Sure. One of the questions we have to ask as we read the Old Testament, I mean, one of the questions that anyone that looks at the Old Testament as holy has to ask is, and, and recognizes that's all leading somewhere. Mm-hmm. And what was it leading to? Yeah. Our options right now are is leading to Jesus mm-hmm. or it was leading to what? Rabbinic Judaism? Yeah, rabbinic Judaism. I mean, you know, this this uh, kind the of... Way, the way history unfolds, the destruction of Jerusalem and the end of this uh, mosaic religion and temple system, it was either leading to Christianity and Jesus or it's it's leading to rabbinic Judaism. Yeah, the, yeah. without a temple, yeah, without sacrifice, without... Mm. And kind of allegorizing and spiritualizing everything we'd seen till now. Yeah. And, yeah. I think it was leading to Jesus. That's, Absolutely. that's what I want to throw out. I think that's, that's at least Matthew's point. Thank you very much for listening to Text Talk today. We've got more to say. I, I know it's shocking, all this from a genealogy, but we'll talk more about that tomorrow. Let's wrap up with a prayer. Holy God, thank you for setting your son on your holy hill, for bringing us your king. May we give our allegiance to him fully, totally, and completely. Through your son Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. 
Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.